Welcome to The Automators, a podcast where we teach you how to turn your computers and technology into automation machines that work for you. Don't we all want robots? I do. I'm David Sparks, and I'm joined by Rosemary Orchard. How are you today, Rosemary? Oh, I'm excited, David. Uh, you know, it's that time of year. I'm getting comfy and cozy with, you know, blankets and and all of those lovely LED candles and stuff, because I will forget real candles and LED candles are safe. Um, but uh, yeah, and, you know, I figured it might be fun to talk about some of that stuff today. Yeah, I mean, well, they're not really the same, though, right? They don't have the smell. No, but I kind of figured that's a good thing because, uh, yeah, I mean... I guess I can start straight out with one little automation that I've got uh, running. Um, so I don't use candles or wax burners or anything because uh, I live in a fairly small flat. So I do have to be careful about uh, making sure that there's enough oxygen around, like opening windows yeah. on a regular basis so that I, I get rid of carbon dioxide and, and get the oxygen in. Um, uh, but one of the, so I don't, I don't use candles. I don't use wax warmers, uh, but I do like having a little bit of, um, scent from something like an air freshener. However, those plug-in air fresheners that stay plugged in all the time, I find if they stay plugged in forever, they give me a bit of a migraine, um, which is not great. It's just some of the scents and it's not always, it's not a, like a guaranteed trigger. Um, but that's problematic. And also it becomes overwhelming and you become blind to it. So what I've done um, is very simple, um, and it's going to kind of lead into to another uh, uh, holiday automation. I have uh, things like a plug-in air freshener on a smart plug. And what happens is they turn on for about five minutes when I get home, and then five minutes a couple of times a day while somebody's at home. So you get like you know a nice little bit of scent of like cinnamon things or or something like that without it being overwhelming and your house when somebody steps into it being like i can't breathe cuz i know whenever i go to visit my grandmothers like everybody like i get stuffy my dad gets stuffy my mom gets stuffy and all of us feel like we have a slightly scratchy throat and it's because she's got like three or four of those plug in air fresheners in one room which is just way too much um, but yeah, so, so I have some of those nicer plug-in air fresheners, uh, on a smart plug. And as a bonus, they last longer because they're not plugged in all the time. So yeah, so nice little tip for folks there. I think one of the things people have forgotten is that smart plugs now are ridiculously cheap and matter home kit, whatever you want, you can get them for very little money. And that does open a lot of options, right? To, to do something like this or, or like if you just want to kick the router once in a while and turn it off and on without having to reach under and mm. plug it all those things now are accessible yeah. with a reasonably priced yeah. uh, smart plug yes though i will say if you are going to put your router or or modem on a smart plug uh, you're going to need to use a network that is not wi-fi based because if you use a wi-fi based network to turn off the smart plug that your router yeah. is plugged into how are you going to turn it back on that that yeah, is a question that I'll I'll I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll let you all answer at home. Connect the dots. I I, I see some of you are going. Uh huh. Uh huh. I got it. I got it. I got it. Um. So yeah. Use use if you're going to do that a Zigbee one or something that can remember the time and power itself back on. Um. After like a minute or something like that. Uh. Personally, I don't do that. Uh, I don't have those on a smart plug. I have them on a UPS. Uh. Actually, the UPS is connected to a smart plug, but that's only because I'm measuring how much data, uh, how much energy it uses. Uh, because I have some energy monitoring smart plugs, and that those are the ones that are programmed where if they ever get turned off, turn them back on immediately. Well, either way, kitchen appliances, whatever, uh, things that you want to be able to turn off and on remotely. Uh, it's a lot 
easier to do than it used to be. And, and that stuff is really reliable. So uh, that, that's a nice way to start automating. I didn't think we'd get into it that fast, but, but hey, there we go. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, we end up, I, I just end up having these little ideas based on something you say, and off we go. That's the show, baby. That's the show. Anyway, uh, as we said, we are the automators. And, you know, it's that time of year. We thought it would be fun to talk about a holiday automation. We've done it before, but we, we evolve. There's new technology. There's new stuff out there. So we've got a bunch of stuff to talk to. And then we've also got a show called Automators Max. And for Automators Max subscribers, you get this show ad-free with some extended content. And for Automators Max, we're going to extend the holiday love with a 3D-printed holiday. We're going to be talking about 3D printers and holidays because that is something that both Rose and I are very interested in these days. So where do we start, Rose, talking about the holidays? Well, I think we should probably continue where I sort of dragged us in at the beginning of the show with some smart plugs, because smart plugs are fabulous for a whole bunch of, um, you know, holiday automation things. And I'm specifically talking like home things. So obviously I mentioned the air fresheners before, um, but uh, this is the sort of time of year where over here in the UK, we tend to have a humidity problem in our homes where it gets too humid. Uh, Where I previously lived in Vienna, we had the opposite problem. It was very, very dry inside where the humidity was uh, low enough that we had to run humidifiers. Uh, Here in the UK, I run a dehumidifier. But, you know, a dehumidifier or humidifier is great, but it can be kind of noisy. Um, And you don't necessarily need it running all the time. So if you've got one of those um, or you're looking to get one of those, I'd recommend looking for a really dumb one, like the dumbest box of bricks version of the humidifier or a dehumidifier that you can get with like a physical on off switch on it. Not one of those where you press a button and it turns on um, and you you select a mode, just like a physical clicking on off the one zero switch, Um, because then you can just leave it on and throw it on a smart plug and have it turn on and off automatically. So, you know, when you start a meeting and you hit your meeting button on your computer, like the dehumidifier or the humidifier in your office or a fan heater or something like that can just turn off um, and so that you don't have that that sound going, but you can turn it back on if you need to. Um, and so that's that's another way I'd use a smart plug this holiday season or, you know, this this wintry season or summery season if you're in Australia. This may not be so relevant in Australia, but, you know, sa- save it for the summer. Or winter, in your case, it is interesting though. You hadn't, when you think about it, using the smart plugs that are not expensive, you can take a dumb thing and make it smart. And in fact, sometimes the dumber the better. Like I was thinking, some yeah. of our like heating blankets in our house, like they require you to physically turn them on. They automatically turn off. There's logic in there. If you just plug it in, it's actually not going to turn on. You've got to go over and push the button on it. And yes. In this case, one that would just work when you plug it in connected with the smart plug is actually a lot more useful. Mm. So speaking of like heating blankets or heating pads or something, I have a couple of those because they're a really great low cost way of keeping one person warm um, instead of having to heat like a whole big room or a whole big house. Um, you know, it's it makes a lot of sense to just heat one person, especially if you're sitting at home working. Um, you d- You don't need the room to be, you know, incredibly toasty warm you need yourself to be warm and comfortable and the room to be an acceptable temperature to work in and so i use heating pads and i have some of those ones with the uh, physical clicking sliders on them so uh you know they ratchet up they ratchet down etc 
Um, and those are, are great because I can have them on a smart plug. And when I turn the smart plug on, they turn on. But the real reason why I've got them on a smart plug is because I can check when the room is not occupied and turn off the plug. When I leave the house, I turn off the plug. When I hit the button by my bed that says I'm going to sleep, it turns off the plug. So I know that those are definitely going to be turned off automatically. They also do have the automatic safety cutoff in them. So when they've been on about 40 minutes, they'll turn off. Um, and yeah, I I find that, you know, having smart plugs on the end of things, especially I know some folks run, you know, like a, a plug-in heater of some kind because that way it's, you know, they can just heat the one room instead of having to turn on the heating for the whole house, which is a great idea. Um, but making sure that it's definitely turned off is something that you're you're going to want to do. So I personally am all in favor of throw it on a smart plug. And then when you leave the house, just turn off all the things like that and you should be good to go. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and that's part of winter, I guess, in the Northern Hemisphere, at least. Holiday automation always feels like it involves winter because, you know, we, we both grew up here. I mean... If you're in Australia, turn off the fans when you leave the house, you know, save the environment, things like that. Um, yeah. You know, if you if you have aircon, um, then, yeah, you can turn off the aircon. It might even be worth looking into, um, you know, a, a lot of folks have got aircon with like a remote control that's that you can control via an IR blaster. Um, so something that doesn't have HomeKit support, um, I'm going to I'm going to completely forget the name of it now, but it does have an app um, and it can learn. Uh, I'm not thinking of the Logitech Harmony. That was um, oh, that oh, was a, a great I have to one. Pour one out. But that, I'm going to miss that. That was a great device. <laughs> I mean, I still have mine. It still works. Logitech say they're going to keep it going. Um, so you know that's that's great. But uh, yeah, I don't know how long uh, that's actually going to going to keep going. Um, but there is uh, an alternative one. I've got one in my kitchen. I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, it's a uh, it's it's I'll find I'll find the name and I'll stick a link in the show notes. But it is um, like it's a small black box uh, and you can point your remote control at it and teach it commands and then it will rebroadcast those commands. But it can do it over Wi-Fi. It'll actually just make whatever it is into a Wi-Fi controlled device. So my kitchen TV, which is as dumb as a box of rocks, except it's actually dumber because it thinks it's slightly larger than it is. So stuff is constantly slightly off the edges of the screen. Yeah, I can control that via uh, this little smart device. So I've got it linked into my Chromecast now, uh, which is really cool. So when I turn my Chromecast on, the TV turns on, etc. So I've just managed to double check and it is the Broadlink IR blaster. Um, and uh, yeah, so those, they don't work with HomeKit, unfortunately, or at least not yet. Maybe at some point they'll add master support and then uh, th- then we can use them in HomeKit. Um, but uh, as it is, it, it's great for learning, you know, like I've got this this, uh, you know, fan heater that's got like a, a remote control for it or um, a, an aircon unit that, or a whole home heating unit that's got one of those, um, you know, remote controls that sends out an IR blast of some kind. And it will work with that over Wi-Fi. It, you know, it doesn't work with HomeKit, so you'll have to use its app um, or something like Home Assistant or similar, which I'm using it with. Um, but it, it works really well. Yeah, you know, this is a really good idea, and I wish that uh, that it did support HomeKit because it, it just feels to me like a an obvious, you know, kind of thing that we would like for easy HomeKit automation, and there's there's nothing there yet. Well, I, I get why it doesn't, because yeah. it can be very difficult. HomeKit's quite picky about things like adding a TV or adding a fan or something, and if something declares itself as a hub, 
and then it adds like a TV and a fan and so on. It needs to have like the full specifications of all of those things like saved so it can add that to HomeKit. Yeah. Um, and that can be kind of tricky. So I get why it doesn't. Um, but yeah, there's the the Broadlink. Um, I've got the mini version that that works just great on my kitchen TV. Um, so yeah, and it's worked great on some fans and other things I've tried it out with too. Is the app any good? It's fine. It's it's not the nicest app in the world. It's not the worst app in the world. It it works, uh, which is basically all I can ever ask uh, from these things. Um, you know, it's one of those where they've definitely written it so it's an Android app that happens to 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 work on iPhone rather than it being a dedicated iPhone first app. Sure, it's it's fine. Uh, and yeah, it it controls my kitchen TV, and I personally barely interact with the app anyway now. Uh, so. That, that's a bonus for me. I wonder if I could get one of these and program my ceiling fan radio commands into it, you know, because I my ceiling fan has a remote and uh, that would be kind of fun. It's worth giving it a try. They're like $16 on Amazon on Black Friday sale right now. Um, so hopefully there will still be some of those sales going on when this episode releases um, and uh, folks can uh, take advantage of that. And they, they have a couple different ones too. So they have the Broadcom RM4 Pro yeah, which is much more expensive. It's like forty dollars, and and then they have the standard one. What's the difference? I mean, did you did you look into it? Yeah, so um, there, I I can't remember precisely exactly what the differences are, but um, the I think the pro one does IR as well as RF, and the 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 mini ones just do um like RF yeah. um commands instead. Um, and obviously the mini ones are smaller. This this thing is truly absolutely tiny. Um, like I've just stuck it. I found actually the best place to stick it, ironically, because my TV ca- my TV in the kitchen it's built into the front of one of the cabinets. So I've lost a couple of inches of depth out of one of those cabinets, which is really annoying. And I honestly I don't really need a TV in my kitchen, but it is nice to turn on when I'm you know doing doing a bunch of cooking or something. Um, and so I found the best place to stick it is actually directly underneath the TV. Um, and then it, it works perfectly um, to to control that. But it's it's you know like maybe an inch and a half tall or something. Um, it's it's teeny teeny tiny, which is truly great. What kind of range do you get on it? Um, so I found it didn't work great from the opposite side of my kitchen, and my kitchen is very narrow. But I'm blaming that one hundred percent, and I do mean one hundred percent on the TV, not the the actual device, because. Uh, that TV is weird in so many ways. Um, you know, I've got a reasonably sized bedroom um, and I had it set up in there for a while to control my bedroom fan. And so it was a good like three meters away from it um, and like a good meter and a half higher than the receive re- the receiving point on the fan. Um, and so like a meter is what, three foot. So I was like, what, 10, 10 feet away um, plus, you know, like, five feet up in the air, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm not very good at translating uh, these things, but I'm, I'm guesstimating. But I was approximately that far away and it, it worked absolutely great 100% of the time on this fan. So yeah, definitely worth looking into. My questions were not purely academic for the listeners. I have now got one in my cart. But because I'm doing a podcast with the Rosemary Orchard, I'm not going to check out just yet because I feel like <laughs> you never know, right? You just never know what she's going to yeah. lead you down. Uh, but yeah, this this will be cool. Yeah. I, I I thought it would be fun uh, just to be able to do that. It, it's too bad I can't automate it through shortcuts. But uh, let me take a look at. It. I, I, maybe I can get this thing get hooked up to Home Assistant, and then I could work through that. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I feel like we should give some folks some recommendations for smart plugs, seeing as we've just talked about a bunch of smart plug stuff as well. Okay. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm obviously going to suggest um, Hue smart plugs if you've already got a Hue hub. The Hue uh, plugs are more expensive, uh, but they are great and they are reliable and they work. Um, Ikea Trad Free is another great option, which is very affordable. They're a bit larger physically, um, but they are fabulous um, for things like this. And then if you uh, don't have a hub at all and you just want to buy like one smart plug to try this thing out, um, then I'd recommend Meros, M-E-R-O-S-S. Um, you can get those on Amazon. Make sure to get the ones that work with HomeKit or Matter, not the ones that don't work with HomeKit or Matter. Um, and uh, th- those those are work over Wi-Fi. I don't love Wi-Fi devices, but if you if you need something like a four gang extension or um, you know uh, it, you just want to try one smart plug, then those are very affordable to give it a go. Yeah, I have been buying the Acara stuff. I'm so in the bag for them at this point. Oh yeah, and their that. smart plugs are good. Uh, another thing I would recommend, since we're kind of in that neighborhood and we're talking about the holidays is on your advice about three or four years ago, I bought a HomeKit enabled smart power strip where you can address mm-hmm. each of the plugs on it. And right. we use that every holiday. It's so useful. Like, cause we have, you know, we're typical, you know, Christmas nut family. We've got the village, we've got the tree. My wife has an additional tree. So it's like, I like to be able to address power to each individual unit. Um, I don't even remember what brand I bought it from. I, I don't have it in front of me, but there's a lot of, of rep, you know, get one of the reputable home kit brands, but the power strip is actually quite useful. Uh, the one I got also has USB ports on the end, which are also addressable. So you can mm-hmm. uh, turn each off and on through home kit. If you just want to stay with home kit, it's also of course available on home assistant. Anything that works in home kit works everywhere else. Cause home kit is the hardest, you know, the highest hurdle. But uh, a power strip uh, with, with plugs is really good. Uh, you got any recommendations for that? Uh, I mean, I I have um, Meros uh, uh, ones, or rather I gave my Meros one to my parents because I managed to get a hold of a, a TP-Link one, but I am not actually going to recommend the TP-Link ones because TP-Link um, changed how they're doing things. And if you buy one now or you update yours, then it doesn't have local control anymore, uh, which absolutely sucks. Um, so yeah, I've I've gone with the uh, uh, the old TP-Link, which is not updated, and I blocked their update servers, so it's not allowed to talk to the update servers anymore. Um, but yeah, Meros uh, is the one that I had originally, um, and uh, my parents now have it, and it's working absolutely fabulously for them. Yeah, I'm looking at my purchase history. Meros is the one I bought as well. And just great, mm-hmm. just great, you know, and, uh, and if you do a lot of holiday decorations, being able to like turn on one set of lights, but not the other via home kit is, is super useful. And even if I don't use it all year, I feel like I get my money's worth out of it. Yeah. And the USB ports on the end, um, are a really nice addition. I have, um, in my office, I have, uh, set up, uh, some, uh, various uh, holiday lighting things. So I have a mini little Christmas tree um, and I have some snowflakes, um, which uh, plug in via USB. Um, and so I have those. Um, those are actually just plugged into one of those um, USB multi-chargers, which is all smart plug. Um, but I am looking at moving those over to um, either an extension cable with smart USB ports on the end um, or uh, something else, which I'm, I'm still investigating. Um, but uh, Sonoff, 
uh, do uh, smart USB controllers. Like it, it plugs in between the USB, like you plug the, the device into that and then you plug that into USB port and then it's got Wi-Fi to turn things on and off, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I guess since we're covering power now, I want to talk about one more and that is outdoor uh, HomeKit enabled powers. And mm-hmm. these were terrible for the longest time. I, I bought and returned several of these over the years, and I, I, I had really bad experiences with them, frankly. But I got a Maros one a couple years ago, and I have beat the hell out of this thing. I leave it outside too often. Uh, I, I'm just terrible to it. And it works, and it works reliably. And if you're putting outdoor lighting up, uh, having an outdoor home kit switch is really cool. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Electric. Go to electric.ai slash automators and unbury yourself from IT tasks and get a free pair of Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones when you schedule a qualified meeting. Turning a small business into an empire takes work and you have to keep your ear to the ground for things that will help you take it to the next level. But this can be hard when your attention is pulled in different directions because that's the reality of being a boss. The team over at Electric knows small businesses, maybe like yours, face these challenges. That's why they're on hand to help with the time-consuming parts of your business, like standardized device security with best-in-class device management software, so you can implement best practices across the board and be ready to scale, and employee onboarding and offboarding done for you, saving you an average of eight hours per request. Plus, Electric will help you keep a single point of visibility into your IT environment, to control your devices, networks, and applications, while simplified reporting allows you to achieve and maintain compliance. And proactive IT recommendations and automated workflows make IT easy to manage, even for non-technical users. And look, if you're hearing this and you think your company could use some of these services, but you're not sure where to start, Electric's experts will guide you through the process of establishing standardized IT procedures for your organization. You're listening to the Automators podcast. There's a good chance that you could do a lot of your own IT work. But that's not the question you should be asking yourself. The question should be, should you be doing your own IT work? And the answer if you're running a business is absolutely not. There are too many more important things to do. Let Electric take that load off your back so you can focus on the business. They'll likely do it better, faster, and cheaper when you take the value of your time into account. And for Automators listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash automators. That's electric.ai slash automators. Go there now and get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a qualified meeting. And our thanks to Electric for their support of the Automators. So David, I know that you have a a fabulous Christmas playlist. that you, you, you curate and you share with everybody via Apple Music. Uh, but what are you doing with the automation around this playlist? Yeah, I, I like automating holiday music. It's just fun, right? If you want to play holiday music, get yourself in the mood. Uh, my playlist, it just depends on your taste. It's very heavily jazz influenced. Um, so some people like that, some people don't. My wife, uh, the other night, I was playing it and she's like, Oh, this sounds like one of the songs on the Hallmark channel. 
and it was George Shearing, and I was I was incredibly offended, you know. So I guess it just depends <laughs> on your taste, but yeah. So I have a, a Yule playlist. I'll put a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. But I every year I add a few, take a few off, and it's just you know it's my holiday playlist. I call it Yule, you know, because that's cool, cool Yule. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. I do like to automate it, and uh, there's a couple ways you can do it. Um, I'm trying to keep it simple, and this is one that absolutely lends itself to HomeKit. You don't have to have any fancy uh, Home Assistant or any other technology to make it work. If you've got Apple Tech and you've got uh, Apple Music, you can run this holiday playlist uh, via a, a shortcut. And it's not that hard, really. You just have a shortcut that plays a specific playlist on a specific device. The problem is that Apple's not consistent. Um, uh, You can address a specific sound device on the iPhone, but not on the Mac. So every time I talk about this, people write me like, I spent an hour and I can't figure out how to find my HomePod. I'm like, are you doing it on a Mac? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, that's why. Because uh, for whatever reason, this is one of those weird ones where, you know, you've got different actions available on different platforms. And I, I, to, I mm-hmm. do you have any idea why, Rose? I have no idea why this one would be different on a Mac. Yeah. So I, I kind of know why. Um, and that is basically um, to do with the fact that um, HomeKit control on a Mac is interesting to say the least so in order to control home kit stuff on a mac which a home pod to be clear is part of home kit um you need to embed a whole um catalyst application for that inside your app unless your app is already a catalyst application um and i suspect that they the shortcut team didn't want to do that but i do have a suggestion for people uh if they would like to uh, control playback for things on a Mac, which is actually, or not control playback, but start like a, a music playlist on a HomePod on a Mac. And that is create a HomeKit scene that does that and then just run the HomeKit scene from your Mac because HomeKit scenes you can run on Mac OS, um, but you can't run a HomePod thing. Um, and I think that's because the HomeKit scene is handing off to the Home app, which does have the Catalyst stuff in there, but the playback destination action can't do that so it doesn't exist on mac yeah. for whatever reason well, well the shortcut itself though let's just go back to iphone and ipad is really simple um uh you just the the simplest version is you can have there is a get songs from playlist action and then you select the the holiday playlist and you just make that the designated playlist and then uh, if you just let it go on its own, then you play it. You know, that's another action. Just play the playlist. Um, but the other thing you can do is you can set the destination on the mobile devices. So if you say set it for the home pod in the family room or the kitchen or whatever. And if you always want it to work the same way, then that's really easy. There's no variables. There's no questions. You just push the button and the music starts up and that works really reliably. I, if you want to do something like that, I have one and I put a uh, audio trigger to it. It says, bring the Yule, you know, cause I'm being clever. Mm-hmm. And, and then it plays my holiday music in indoor studios, which is where I spend most of my time. So like if I want holiday music while I'm working, I just say, bring the Yule and off it goes, you know, and, and that's nice. great, you know, but if you're like, if you've got a big family, if you've got multiple home pods, 
you can add a a choose from menu list or choose from list. There's a couple different ways you could go about doing it. Or you could even just say select home pods and have it ask at the time you run. And you could pick mm-hmm. which home pods it goes to. So every time you you trigger it, it says, okay, are you going to play it in the kitchen or the studio or the family room or whatever? And then you can pick where you play it. Um, that works. You could also just start it up and then set them manually in the music app afterwards. But who wants to do that? We're automators. Um, and then another wrinkle on this one that you could have is if you're like me and your wife thinks George Shearing is Hallmark Channel Music, you could have a couple different holiday playlists. And you could have the one that she likes better, and you could have it, you could choose which holiday playlist when it runs. Um, so you mm-hmm. can make this as complicated as you want it. But uh, I do think a shortcut to trigger this stuff is always faster than going in the music app and kind of fiddling around with the dials. Yeah, it almost certainly is. Um, and if you uh, have uh, Sonos uh, speakers, um, you know, obviously you've got the HomeKit support on those, um, at least on the more modern ones. Uh, but I do want to give a great shout out to a little app called Soro, uh, S-O-R-O. Um, and this uh, adds a whole bunch of shortcuts, actions for Sonos speakers to make them uh, more HomeKit-like. But the bonus with these is Soro is available on macOS, which means that you can have uh, your Mac place left to specific speakers through Soro, um, which is great. Um, and it can, you know, clear cues and get the volume and group rooms and ungroup rooms and all of that. You know, it can even tell it to use line in and wake a speaker and set TV autoplay and, and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, if you have Sonos speakers, or if like me, you don't have Sonos speakers, you have IKEA Symphonisk speakers, which, oh, those are Sonos under the hood. They work with the Sonos app. They work with HomeKit, but, um, you know, they, they then have the option of, uh, you know, being controlled through Soro, which, uh, can be a, a nice workaround for doing things on your Mac if you would like. Well, it's nice automating the music and, uh, and sharing it with your family, frankly, and the other nice thing about that being a shortcut is once you've made a shortcut out of it, then you can trigger it as part of more actions. Like you could mm-hmm. say, bring on the Yule, not only starts the music, but turns on the tree lights. Do you, do you have a uh, philosophy about tree lighting, Rose? Like, does it go on when you want when it I to wake go up? on? Yeah. Or as, as you're, you're way ahead of me. Or do you just go on like yeah. sunrise or yeah. You just yeah, run them all yeah. day. So when my, when my alarm goes off in the morning, um, then the the lights turn on. Um, it's very simple. Um, and then when I go to bed at night, they turn off. Um, and when I'm not at home, uh, I tend to leave the Christmas tree uh, lights on. Uh, they're incredibly low power. Um, but th- that's that's all I leave on. Um, and then, uh, yeah, when I'm in my office um, or, I mean, generally if I'm at home, then I have other lights on. Um but yeah, it's so, it, you know, especially while I'm working or, or podcasting or similar, then I, I make the point of having um, the the lights behind me on um, because it's it's a, just a, a nice effect and it feels nice and warm and cozy, despite the fact that I'm spending all day sitting, you know, in a, in, in a room working. Um, yeah, then I, I get the, the nice the nice cheer of the season. And uh, especially at this time of year, I found it's it's nice to add a little bit of extra lighting in. It gets dark pretty early for us up here in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, one of the things I recently added uh, to to my list of um, uh, 
improved devices. Uh, and, and it's not smart, apart from the fact that I've, I have stuck it on one of those smart USB plugs that I'm testing out, um, is I added um, a streamer light. Now, I don't, I don't really stream. I do, obviously, record iOS Today every week, which has uh, the video component that goes out. But I grabbed a new ear, um, that's new E-E-R, um, uh, vlogging, I guess, or streaming light. I'm not really sure if it's a vlogging light or a streaming light. I don't really know. Um, but it sits on my monitor. It just perches there. It doesn't take a lot of space. It's powered by USB. Um, but it has like the different color correction on it. So you can get a blue light or a warm light. Um, and you can have a bright light or a dim light as as you would like. Um, and I have to say, I, I'm really enjoying uh, this as just an option to have um, as extra lighting because it does help wake me up a little bit during the day, obviously. You know, if, if anybody's got seasonal affective disorder, then one of those lights uh, specifically designed for that is probably um, the right thing to get. But I'm finding this one seems to be just helping me wake up and feel more awake generally. Um, and also as a bonus, it makes me not look like a ghost on the camera. <laughs> well, I, I like the uh, the tree lights going on at sunrise. I, we've got a lot of people in my house that get up early and go to work or whatever, and I want the, the tree lights to be on. Uh, when you come down the stairs and I just kind of find that nice. In fact, that, you know, kind of moving from music to lighting, uh, that's the easiest kind of holiday automation, right? You have it turn on at a certain time and turn off at a certain time, you know, kind of the, uh, what was it? The home alone lighting, you know, where the, the crooks sit on the corner yeah. and they can look at each house. Um, that gets a lot, that gets a little more subtle now that you can do it based on sunrise and sunset. It's not going to be just as automatic, but, um, with, with the trees, I actually have them turn on at sunrise and turn off at 11 PM every night. And we never touch the switch after that. And that makes it really easy. Uh, that's part of that multiple power strip that I have, you know, where it, it does that for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And honestly, having your lights come on and off at specific times instead of based on whether or not you're at home is probably just generally a smart thing to do. Um, you know, like home alone, uh, you know, there's there's a lot about that film, which is great, and a lot about that film that's more than slightly terrifying. Um, but, um, you know, people at this time of year especially do get, unfortunately, a little desperate. Um, and uh, so, it, you know, you probably don't actually want to automate your lights based on whether or not you're at home. Uh, you should probably just automate your lights, at least the ones that are visible to other folks, uh, based on time. Um, and then, you know, then then they just come on and they go off and people don't know whether or not you're at home. Uh, because, yeah, the lights are always on and off. You know, when you think about it, Kevin McAllister was one of the original automators. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We should try and get him on the show. Yeah, He, he figured out how to hit a crook in the forehead with an, with an iron. I mean, that's not, there's some automation there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely some automation. Uh, you know, don't try that one at home, folks. That that seems like a not particularly friendly way of doing things. And especially if you're in the United States, uh, I hear that uh, people that break into your home can sue you if they get hurt. Uh, so be be careful out there. Uh, well, you know, that's uh, the thing. Is, Let me just say, as a former lawyer, you always hear about those lawsuits. Like the guy tripped on the sprinkler when he was stealing and he files the lawsuit you always hear about those lawsuits getting filed you never hear about them actually getting anything well <laughs> i'm more thinking of like if if you do set up like a, a trip hazard like right inside yeah. your door um to like you know um you know trip people up when they when they come in and somebody like 
opens the door and comes in and then they trip over a thing. I feel like that's something that's, you know, more plausible than somebody tripping over a sprinkler um, or something. But eh, either way, uh, I still feel like it's probably a good idea to um, just, you know, have have the outdoor lighting turn on and off automatically at certain times, regardless of whether or not you're at home. It keeps your automation simpler, makes it a lot easier to debug because there'll be less debugging. It'll be very simple. It's the time this time. Yes, they should turn on. Oh, look, they turned on. Perfect. It worked. Um, and then, you know, you can you can spend the rest of uh, your holiday season automating other things. Yeah. And just one last point on Home Alone. I'm pretty sure those guys should have been dead like six or seven times with the stuff. He, didn't he like drop a brick on At their least. head from like the second floor? Yeah, I feel like there would have been a good amount of brain damage involved there. Um, yeah. But, you know. <laughs> All right. Um, it's uh, fine. Let's make it more complicated uh, with holiday decorations and lighting. Going beyond simple timers. Um, I think occupancy, uh, you know, as Rose was saying, sometimes that, that makes it more complicated. Maybe that's not the way to do it, but you could do it with occupancy. One of the things that kind of showed up this year was occupancy or human presence sensors. Um, I'm thinking about the ones a car is making, but I, I'm sure there are others in the pipeline too. And as that's becoming more of a common thing, uh, you could have your decorations and music triggered by your presence in the home or the room. Mm, yeah. And uh, honestly, it's it's one of those things where uh, I I have done this um, and I do do this to an extent. So my office lighting, um, so the, the seasonal lighting in my office specifically, um, it turns on based on um, whether or not um, it is a work day and whether or not I'm at home. Um, and also on top of that, uh, whether or not, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in my office, but if it's a work day and it's like nine to five, Monday to Friday, I have the lights on and they just come on and they stay on. So if I pop out for a couple of minutes to go to the kitchen and grab another glass of water and a snack, they're not going to turn off in that time because, you know, it's, it's kind of sad coming back to an office and seeing everything be all dark and, and, and like, you know, your, your pretty lights are turned off and so on. Um, and then everything turns on. It's like, oh, yay. But, you know, you you have that moment of it's not turned on and it should be. Um, and so, yeah, well, Monday to Friday, nine to five, like during my working time, while my work focus mode is enabled, uh, those lights are on and they just stay on. And that's it. Um, and other than that, um, you know, I, I try not to go overboard with the Christmas decorations um, because I live in quite a small flat um, and it would be you know, Christmas city, um, in here, if I, if I weren't careful about it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, 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 tem- I tend to do the other things, you know, based on, you know, whether or not, uh, I'm, a, I'm around. So, uh, I have been experimenting a little bit with, um, you know, uh, having, uh, music play automatically when I get home and things like that as well. So when I arrive home, start playing music on my living room speakers, um, and so on. And uh, based on the time of year, um, I'm selecting a different playlist. So I'm formatting the date, getting just the month and saying, hey, if the month is December, play this playlist on my home, on my uh, living room home pods. Otherwise, play that playlist. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that seems to be working pretty well for me. I'm enjoying it, uh, but I feel like I'm probably going to be enhancing that a little bit more. But uh, I don't tend to entirely automatically play music the rest of the time. Not because I don't want to, I do, but because it would be very awkward if I were sat in a meeting and suddenly my HomePod starts belting out Mariah Carey. That feels like that's only going to happen when I'm in a really important meeting 
um, at some point, and I don't have those very often, but you can absolutely 100% guarantee that I'm going to have one of those, you know, when, when that happens. So yeah, I, I'm being careful with my office home automation. I think a lot of times people get experimental with automation around the holidays. That's why we like doing these shows. You may be not using automation too often, but you're like, Hey, why not? It's the holidays. I want to automate my lights. Um, there's a couple ways to trigger these automations on Apple platforms. You can do it on, in the home app where it has an automations button where you can set up an automation. You can also do them through a more advanced shortcut. Uh, Rose, where is that trigger point? Where's the tipping point for you when you create an automation in the home app versus the shortcuts app? So if I'm only ever going to want to run this as like a home kit scene, um, then, or rather, I, for me, there's a, a very clear delineation. If I can do it in the home app, whether that's why I convert to shortcut or not, then I definitely do it in the home app. Um, if I can do it in the home app, but I have to convert to a shortcut, then I will consider at that point if I should really be doing it in the home app or if it should be a shortcut shortcut. Um, because um, often when I start converting things to a shortcut, it's because, oh, actually, no, I wanted to use this app to do a thing. And that app doesn't have actions available inside of the um, uh, the, the HomeKit stuff because it's an app, not native stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I, I generally, if it's just like, hey, like turn on this light or something, I mean, I actually do it with Home Assistant, but same principle, you can do it with HomeKit uh, um, as well. Um, so uh, yeah, that's definitely uh, something to consider uh, for this sort of thing. Um, if you can, like, if it's a very simple automation, just keep it in, you know, the, the automation place for that device. Uh, and then, yeah, other than that, because I can run HomeKit scenes and Home Assistant scenes, et cetera, through shortcuts, uh, I don't have a problem with them being over there. Um, but as it is, it's, uh, quite, it, it, it I, I, I have moved a lot of things that I previously had as a shortcut back into um, Home Assistant or HomeKit so that I don't have to do so many things through shortcuts. Yeah, I'm the same way. I try to start in the Home app. I mean, if you're asking me, see if you can make it work there. Sometimes you're doing one that's advanced enough that you know it's not going to work, right? You're going to need to take it up a level to to shortcuts. But quite often for holiday-related stuff, the Home app is just fine. And then I turn them off at the end of the holidays, and then next year I come back and turn them back on. I don't even really need to do a lot of work each year in terms of programming the, the automation once I have things kind of settled. And and I would also recommend, if this is new to you, just start in the home app because quite often that's going to be everything you need. And And they have done a good job of giving you the basics. Like earlier I talked about turning the tree lights on at sunrise. That's just an option in there. You push the button. It figures out when sunrise is wherever you live, and it turns the lights on when the sun comes up. So that's all you need, and uh, keep it simple. Uh, speaking of keeping it simple, one other thing about holiday decorations and lighting, I'd say, and this is really simple, is that LED lights are very low power and can absolutely be run on solar-based batteries at this point. And there are a mm -hmm. lot of products on the market for that. Like we used to run lights into some of the trees and the bushes around the house on the outside. And I have moved all of those over the last few years to these little battery backed LED light sensor lights. And you get a string of them 
it's got a little solar charger on that you put the base of the plant or the tree or whatever, and the lights turn on when it gets dark and they turn off, and you don't have uh, complete control over them like you would in in HomeKit or or any home automation system, but they work. And I feel like that's something that I think automators need to consider is sometimes the easiest tool these days is just a string of LED lights with a solar charger. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, you can get um, a lot of uh, great little USB powered ones as well, which especially if you've got uh, children or you have an inner child like me um, and you want pretty lights and you want lots of them, but you do not want a giant energy bill, a string of USB powered uh, lights um, is is great. Um, and yeah, I, I personally have quite a few of those uh, running around and it's lovely because I can have a little bit of Christmas decor in my bedroom with some USB powered lights, but I don't have a huge amount. It's not using a ton of power and I only needed to find a USB port to plug this stuff into rather than having to find an extra plug socket, which considering the fact that my bedroom has exactly five plug sockets in it before extension leads um, is difficult to say the least because I don't actually want to trip the electrics. Um, you know, if, 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 uh, you know, I plug too much stuff in, that would be problematic. So yeah, little USB powered lights and solar powered lights are very simple and very effective. And, uh, yeah, it's also one of those things where it's easy enough to gift somebody something like that. Uh, if you are trying to get them into the world of automation in a friendly manner, because most people have uh, seasonal and holiday lighting that they would like to turn on and off at certain times, like on at sunset and off at 10 p.m. or something like that. So a smart plug can be a great gift for somebody like that a little earlier in the holiday season. One of the best gifts you can give somebody in the United States is a Lutron cassette switch because uh, you have to install it for them or get an electrician if they don't know what they're doing with um, with the wall switches. But boy, that that's an automation that immediately takes for people. Uh, but, but I want to go back also to I have a I have something for you. I think it's an unsolvable automation problem. I have a, a little desk um, in my studio that's a rolling desk. I move it around, goes up and down, and I put it in shots, and I take it out of shots, and I use it. Every holiday season, I get a little fir tree at the local uh, hardware store, and I bonsai it. I cut most of the limbs out of it, and I wire the limbs straight, and I decorate it. And it's just my little tree every year. And then I go plant it in the yard after the holiday. And so it's on a desk that does not have a power. It's not plugged in anywhere. And the desk rolls around the room. And I put a set of tiny, tiny LED um almost diode based lights on it that run off a couple C batteries and I turn it on and then I turn it off when I leave the room manually. Cause I don't have a way to put this on home kit or, or any sort of automation trigger. I know I could put a solar sensor in, but I actually like them on during the daytime. Mm-hmm. Can you think of a way for me to automate that? I don't think there is a way. So David, I kind of have a solution for you. Kind of. Um, I mean, you already have home assistant. So I mentioned earlier that I have some smart USB plugs. And why I say smart USB plugs, I mean, it is a USB-A out, USB-A in. So you plug a USB thing into it and it plugs into a USB port. Yeah. Okay. So I would suggest to start with, you want, you should try one of those and a large battery pack. Now, um, I have a, a, a recommendation for a certain kind of battery pack because um, I discovered recently anchor 
have a very cool new uh, series of chargers, which can plonk onto a dock, which is just like a little black square puck that lives on your desk. And it has a hundred watt power output. um, And it's got like four little, almost like MagSafe or smart um, uh, or a smart connector from your iPad um, uh, connectors on it. And then so you plunk yeah. the, the, power, the power bank onto that and it'll recharge. So whenever your desk is within range of that, you can just sort of put the battery pack on there and, and charge it. Um, or of course you can unplug it. But then you can just have um, these lights. And because the smart USB plug is there, when you're not in the room, it can turn off. When you go to bed, it can make sure it's turned off and stuff like that. And then when you come in, it can turn on because you've got motion sensors and so on in your room. Uh, you've got focus modes and so on, which you can pass off the state of, etc. So I think that that's something that you should investigate because I feel like that seems like a, a good solution to this problem. Yeah, I mean, the the way I'd probably solve it is I do have a big battery bank where I probably would put it in the, there's a, there's a drawer underneath this rolling desk and I could probably drill a hole out the back and just run a line to the smart USB sensor, which would be right in the pot or right next to the plant. And then I would have to recharge it probably once in a while. Yeah. Well, I would put the smart USB directly into the power bank and just run the cable from the lights into, into the drawer so that you don't have, cause the, yeah. like the USB, the smart USB plug, it's not that big, but it's definitely, it's like, I don't know, maybe an, an inch square with the, plus yeah. the USB bit sticking out. Um, but yeah, Anchor do a couple of uh, different sizes of um, the the power bank. I think it's called their Anchor Prime power bank. Um, and I'm going to put um, a link in the show notes um, to um the the dock and and one of the batteries i have one of the smaller batteries and honestly i i love it it's great because it you press a button on the side and it tells you the percentage it's at it tells you how much power is being drawn from the different ports on the battery pack it's it's absolutely fabulous um so yeah that's uh that's a recommendation for folks if they uh they need a new power bank this holiday season anchor prime that's one of my recommendations yeah, Anchor makes such great batteries. I I only buy their stuff, and um, mm-hmm. y- you know there's there's a lot of press right now about uh like fake products like that look like an Apple power supply, and then they X-ray them and they don't have all the parts inside them that they need. Uh, for instance, the ground wire is not attached, you know, and uh, and uh, but you know Anchor is a company I feel like I can trust. I've been very happy with the with their products, and uh, yeah, I could see that. Well, mm-hmm. Rose, you gave me an option. You know, I'll, I'm going to give it a try. I've got a so I may not buy another battery though because I have so many of them. I don't mind taking. Well, it out. yeah, if you already have a bunch of them, then that's fine. Yeah, especially if you've got more than one, then you can you can swap between them. So you can take one out and plug a new one in, and then um, you know, and just and put the one that you've just taken out on charge or something like that. Which yeah, seems like a, a good solution to me. And these lights are incredibly low draw. So I feel like I could, on a big uh, anchor battery, I could probably run them a long time where it'd be like a, mm-hmm. probably a weekly thing of recharging it. But the, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. But the, the USB is the trick, right? You know, the USB switch, yeah. something very light yeah. and something low power. And that's what had always hung me up on this because I don't have, you know, the normal 110 power at this desk and I want it to roll around the room and I don't want to have to, un- I don't want to have a plug 
on this desk just so this tree works. I that really no. I don't. I want it really simple. And uh, anyway, I guess you could say simple because I'm going to make it much more complex in order to keep the simplicity. Yeah, but at the same time, like the the effect is that it looks simple because the other option is, of course, just simply mount a power strip to the underside of the drawer yeah. on this thing, um, and then or to the back of it or something, and plug it in wherever it is in the room. Um, and then you can even have a smart plug uh, on on the tree lights. Woohoo! Um, but yeah. you, you don't have to do that. So you know. Well, the idea of a a smart home friendly USB power switch is is pretty clever. You know, I mean. I do wish it was HomeKit, though, but I don't mind running it Home Assistant. Yeah, I mean, you can just put it in Home Assistant and share it as a as a smart light even um, to, to HomeKit instead of sharing yeah. it as a smart switch and then changing it to a light in HomeKit. Um, and then it'll it'll just be a light that's a little on and off thing. But, it you know, yeah. that, that works really well. Yeah, and it's 10 bucks on Amazon in the U.S. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's worth giving these things a go and uh, trying them out. Uh, and uh, yeah. I have just checked. Unfortunately, it looks like those anchor power banks, they are insanely popular uh, to the point where they're not shipping for a while. Um, it looks like they're not going to ship until uh, sort of uh, December or so, uh, which is kind of crazy. But hopefully, I found whenever I order stuff from anchor, they they use Amazon shipping, same as uh, Mouse, M-O-U-S do. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that, that definitely speeds things up. And they they're very much a Learn from Apple, under-promise, over-deliver. We'll tell you it'll be here by the end of next month, and then it turns up like four days later or something like that. So, uh, yeah, definitely. It's the right way to do it uh, if you're, if you're going to make a promise there on something like that. You want me to make you feel bad? Oh, okay. In the U.S., I could get it tomorrow. No, I was looking at the Amazon uh, product page in the U.S. for those batteries. I mean, I already have one of those batteries, um, and I have the the charger um, for it as well. I really like the fact that the charging base, like you just drop the battery pack on there and it charges. Like you don't have to have a, a USB cable to charge the battery, and it's got USB ports on the base as well. So you've got space to charge, like you know, um, like a, a phone or uh, a tablet or a laptop because it's hundred watt output um, and a couple of USB. A things as well as charging the battery pack, um, which is really handy. Also, I remembered uh, I bought a smart light. I bought one that can actually be controlled via USB. Like the you plug the USB power into your into your Mac for yeah. your 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 light, and it like it it has all the controls on sure. your Mac, which is perfect. Oh, cool. So I have updated the show notes to reflect that. That's fun. Um, it's 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 like the Elgato ones, except it's cheaper, and it also has Stream Deck support. So our last topic is what's in the present bag, and Rose has referenced Elfster. What is Elfster, Rose? Uh, so Elfster is a service. It's not the best service, I'm going to admit, um, but uh, it's 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 a service, and it works really well for doing secret Santas. So I'm in charge of organizing my work secret Santa. So if I were organizing this and I weren't using any tools, I would have to get a list of people who were going to participate. Um, and I'd have to randomize the list to ma- match people up um, and so that everybody gets somebody else, nobody gets themselves. Um, and then I'd have to tell, I'd have to send individual emails to every single person saying, this is the person that you've got. And I'd have to answer all the emails going, I lost the person who I'm assigned to. Uh, can, can you tell me? And then people would have to like email me 
wish lists and I'd have to like pass them along um, and like pass along notes like, I am deadly allergic to nuts. Do not buy me anything with nuts in and stuff like that, which is just a lot of responsibility because I really don't want anybody to die at my secret Santa uh, yeah. or as a result of my secret Santa. Elster is a free online service. Uh, they make money by having you add individual products to your wish list, which um, will, will, they will then convert into affiliate links. Um, uh, so they're they're an online service where people can sign up um, and um, they can create like a, a wish list, which can be like, I want this specific thing or giving general ideas of various sort of things that they think would be fun um, to receive or you know, uh, please don't get me something that contains nuts because I'm allergic to nuts, etc. Um, so they can put stuff in there. It'll match people up. It allows you to add latecomers um, and so on and so forth. And honestly, I've been using it for a couple of years now. I know a whole bunch of groups who use this. It's very simple to use. It's very easy to use. There's an app you can download to use it with um, or use with it. Um, and it just takes the work away. And delegation is a form of automation. Like making a service or a person do your work for you is that that's automation. And Elster is an automation I am glad and happy to use. Yeah, this absolutely is a form of automation. And I wasn't aware of it, but I, I don't have to do these kinds of things too much. So I wouldn't be. And uh, that's cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Well, if anybody needs to organize a secret Santa for work, you know, for some folks, it may be a little too late this year when this episode goes out, or it may be just in time. I don't know. Um, but um, yeah, it's it it's just a, a useful thing to to be aware of um, as as a tool, and you know you may end up uh, you know just sharing that information with somebody else at some point where somebody's like, oh, I've got to organize a secret Santa. And, oh, well, I've got a service for you. So yeah, that's that's a little recommendation that I have. So another idea I had was uh, some people do Elf on the Shelf, which is like this idea that you take a little elf and you put it in various places around your house in various silly situations every day and so on and so forth um, for your children um, or yourself, uh, you know, whatever. Um, I thought instead of uh, putting an elf on a shelf uh, and doing very silly things with it, you could challenge yourself every day this December to create or improve an automation every day as sort of a start for the new year. So that then when you go into the new year, you can have a list of ideas of things that you've come up with over the last month that, you know, you, you didn't quite get around to or something because you've been busy because, you know, it's December um, and people are pretty busy in, in December. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I I personally find this is an ideal time of year because it's, it's chilly and dark. So you don't want to go outside um, to to like sit and do a little review of some of your automations and figure out ways to improve them or tweak them and and add to them and amp them up uh, if necessary. Um, and, you know, just create one or two fun little simple ones. All right. Well, I hope that we've given you some inspiration and some ideas for automating your holiday season. Uh, you know, we have the automators forums over at talk.automators.fm. There's a lot of people over there talking about ways to automate as well. If you have any problems or send us feedback, it's about time for us to do a feedback show anyway. Uh, either way, we are the automators. You can find us at relay.fm slash automators. Thank you to our sponsor today, Electric, and we'll see you next time.